Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Later that night, I got to thinking. Why was Mr. Big halfway across the world in a hotel filled with giant spiders? Was he spinning lies? Just as tough to escape from as the web spun by the spiders he was running from? Or was he the spider and I the fly? In a world where men have a tendency to get handsy, was eight hands one hand too many? As I thought about Big and worried when he'd return from that spider-infested hell, I couldn't help but wonder, how soon is too soon for your love to come crawling back? And when will Ryan acknowledge Graham as his granddad? I mean, come on, he's trying, Ryan! Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Doctor Is In. I'm your host, Paul Verhoeven. Look, I assume you're all still sort of reeling like I am from last week's Rosa Parks episode. Well, look, I really wanted to talk to someone involved in the episode, someone who was there during the shoot, someone... Look, Mandip Gill, who plays Yass on Doctor Who, stopped by for a chat. I really should just call this show Burying the Lead with Paul Verhoeven. Also, um, we're going to be taking a look at Leela, the fourth Doctor's companion. Savage. Beautiful. Would attack bad guys with a blowpipe. You'll love her. But first, whose news is it anyway? First up in news, delayed to 2020, question mark? Don't know why I put the question mark there. You see, there have been some recent reports that have implied that the next series of Doctor Who, so Jodie Whittaker's second season, could be delayed until 2020. And the problem with this is lots of really great, exciting things appear to have been pushed to 2020. If you're American, the return of a functional democracy but there's been a rumored holdup in the start of shooting for Jodie Whittaker's second season and that could potentially push back the start of Doctor Who uh, a few months look I, I know we all want the thing we want the thing and we like we want the thing now but if you're cooking a dish and you take it out of the oven like halfway before it's done it's inedible so I guess what I'm saying is let's just let them finish cooking also this is all unconfirmed so you know it might be ready till tw- it might be ready in 2019 so yeah Anyway, next up in Doctor Who news, Doctor Who Pez. We all love merch. Yeah, I mean, there's already going to be a limited-run 13th Doctor Barbie doll, but Funko, almost said another word there, have just announced a run of new Pez dispensers, and they're releasing four new Doctor Who Pez dispensers. There's going to be Tom Baker's 4th Doctor, Tennant's 10th Doctor, uh, Smith's 11th, and Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor. Typically speaking... When you yank back a doctor's head to get to the delicious candy in their neck, they die and they regenerate. Not with these. The whole premise of Pez is absolutely horrifying. Anyway, they'll be available soon. They'll be available soon. Someone needs to have their coffee. Finally in Doctor Who news, Strictly Come Dancing. Now, um, Stacey Dooley is going to be taking a spin in the TARDIS in a... I think it's like a tribute to Doctor Who for a show called Strictly Come Dancing. They're doing a Halloween show and... um, it definitely looked as though there was going to be a homage in the works, but 
It's going to be on uh, when they dance a tango to the iconic Doctor Who theme. It's basically a dancing tribute to the 13th Doctor. Here's the thing. I broadcast The Doctor Is In from Australia, and we don't get Strictly Come Dancing here, so Aussie audiences have, like, no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) But the idea of two people doing a Doctor Who theme dance on national TV in the UK is too big not to acknowledge. Now, they've gone with Jodie's Doctor, I'm guessing, because if they went with a Capaldi-themed dance that the whole thing would just be interrupted by the Doctor yelling at the other dancer for not dancing competently. And now it's time for a bit of a chat with Yas herself, Mandip Gill from Doctor Who. Thank you so much for, for joining me. What time is it there? Oh, God, it's like 6.16pm, uh, I think. Okay, okay, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 8am yeah. here. Oh, Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, for, I'm sorry for waking you up. Oh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, I'd have to be up. <laughs> Listen, I just wanted to quickly say congratulations on the show and, and congrats on Yas. My um, thank you, thank you so much. My my dad was a cop when I was growing up, and it's it's really great to see depictions of cops on TV who actually have their hearts in the right place, which is totally not always the case in real mm-hmm. life. So you know, it's it's good to see. <laughs> I also wanted to congratulate you on Rosa because that's obviously been a stunning success, and I mean, this is a show about being there in the thick of it, in, in big historical moments. What was it like as a performer to be there in the bus? I mean, obviously not the real bus, but, you know, in an, in a, an approximation of the bus with yeah. that arrest going down. Um, it was, you know what, it was, it was one of the, it was one of the last uh, shoot days, it was a night shoot, and I, I, like, every time I turned around to look at the net, um, to watch her getting, like, being told to stand up, I couldn't, I, I would cry in. Like, in my head, I was like... As a character, I do, it's not. This is not my place to to cry. I knew I didn't want to do that as an actor in this particular place. But I just kept it. I couldn't turn around and look at her because I was like, just. I mean, the costumes and the bus was so um, perfect. It, the next acting was amazing. Everyone was really into it. It was really intense. I'm not going. Oh, I got lost in the moment. I thought I was back, uh, back in the, the the day. But it was just really intense, and I felt quite upset that people actually genuinely went through this. Like, people actually was forced to off of their seats and arrested. And so I just kept crying. I was like, I can't look back. Like, I've got tears running down my face. It's not, the, it's not what I want. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess if there was someone crying <laughs> on the bus... Wanna, like, oh, sorry, you go. You go. Oh, no. You oh, oh, sorry. No, no, I was just saying you go. I, I cut you off because of this, this bizarre time delay. I apologize. I finished. <laughs> oh, you finished. Oh, great. Well, I um, mean, this, uh, this is yeah. going... This is going very well. Um, what I wanted to say was, were you <laughs> were you guys apprehensive before the Rosa episode came out? Were you nervous about handling something this sort of, you know, like, di- uh, you know, historically dicey? Um, I was, in all honesty, I was a little bit nervous. Um, at the time of filming it and reading it, I completely weren't because I knew that it hit the nail on the head. I knew it hadn't offended anyone. Mm. You know, there were little bits that we, uh, we'd questioned while filming. You know, is this historically correct? Because I will be the one at the uh, the brunt of it because of social media it just comes straight to me. Yeah. Um, and I always make sure when we're doing stories about certain religions or cultures that it is correct. Uh, I don't want to be um, portraying anything that's incorrect or whatnot. So we, I checked little things. I did the other uh, cast and checked minor little things in the script, and we it was it was completely right and spot on. Obviously, you but completely believe in Christian norms writing, so that wasn't the case. Sure. But you don't know how people are going to per- perceive it, and I was ha- apprehensive in people going, this doesn't happen, like, this is so long ago, we're moving forward, we don't need to hear this story. But then, on the very day it was released, there was sort of like an incident in England which was very similar to the Rosa Parks story. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, this is so ironic, it's on the same weekend yeah. and it happening, but... It made it, there was a bit of a relief 
because I thought, here we go. For anyone that says it doesn't happen anymore or we don't need to see it, we've moved forward, here you go, it still happens, let's all have a conversation about it, let's dissect what happened uh, with Rosa Parks' story, what's happened in the, the, the news this weekend, and let's have conversations, now let's start to make even more changes. Yeah, absolutely. So the apprehension for me had gone, and also... Like, my family, I didn't watch it at the time of it airing, I was out, but my family had watched it and they messaged and said, it's spot on. Like, it doesn't, I didn't want anyone to have taken anyone else's actions away and it really didn't. And I knew that at the time, it's just that you filmed so far, you filmed it so far, um, so long ago Mm. that you can forget and get a little bit anxious going, no, was it right? Was it was it spot on? Was it perfect? Is it going to offend anyone? Is it going to upset anyone? But then television is a form of escapism, but also has a responsibility to teach people. Yeah, of course. And this, for me, to talk people about, like, there were certain things about the Rosa Parks story that I didn't even know. Right. So this was a chance for everyone to have a conversation and an open dialogue about what went on and, you know... Certain people didn't even know about the story. Oh, yeah, and Rosa Parks was trending on Twitter that entire day. And that's insane that a whole generation of people now know about a thing as important as Rosa Parks because of Doctor Who, because of you guys. I've never had um, a response like I had had, um, in response to the Rosa Parks episodes. It genuinely didn't stop for about... It's still happening now, but (laughs) about three days later after it aired... Yeah. So, no, two days later after the whole day aired, and then two days later after it aired, it just kept refreshing of people having conversations, of teachers saying, am I allowed to show this to my seven, eight-year-old class? Um, thank you for this. My husband watched it, and he burst out crying. He doesn't watch it like... I was able to read all the comments, just not reply, and that happened for days. Like, that weren't even the response when I... Um, when everyone found out I was joining Doctor Who. <laughs> and I guess that is what—that is the purpose of the show, is to entertain and enlighten, teach and whatnot. And it, it, was, doing, it, was, it was doing what it was meant to do. Yeah, and a lot and of... that conversation. A lot of that's happening because of, you know, the fact that you've effectively got a bunch of space friends hooning around and having adventures, you know, teaching people things. What, how much of you is in Yas, or are you nothing like her? Because I talked with Jodie a few weeks back and she was saying she was involved very collaboratively in the creation of her Doctor. Is it the same with you and Yas? No, it wasn't like the character was very much there. We was given a script that said, bring as much as you wanted to the character, but a lot of it was already written in the text. It was really full. There was nothing that I really needed to bring. Like, the sassiness was there, the vulnerability was there. She was a police officer in this particular scene that we were given. So there was a lot there. Um, where I am able to join in is we went with Ray Holman for costume and he was like, do you think she'd wear this? At which point I didn't really know Yaz, but I completely had faith that he did. Sure. So I went along with the, the boots, look, the leather jacket, and it completely worked. I guess now, you know, towards the end, I'd be able to say, oh, I don't think she'd wear that, that jumper, actually, yeah. because I've seen her first few outfits now. I'm quite embedded in the character. Um, but th- in regards to the input, it's when you're on set and somebody says, oh, do you think you have to be affected by this? Then you can make decisions then because they're not the bits that are in the text. Right. They're what you can have, like, artistic control over where you go, actually, I think she'd be deeply affected by this. Actually, as a police officer, I don't think this one would. I think she'd uh, use a different instinct in that instance. So that's where that's the, that's the where I have control over Yaz. And, you know, hopefully it goes on to another series and 
And then we'll know Yaz very well, so I'd be able to say, I don't think she'd wear that. I don't think she'd say that because of X, Y, and Z. Sure. Well, okay, so you and Yaz are, are different, obviously, but let's say you, like you, Amanda, were suddenly in a time machine or in the TARDIS, right? So what skills do you think you would be able to bring to the table? So you're not a police officer, you're an actor. What could you possibly bring to like a life and death situation through time and space? I think I would bring that. Do you know what? Like, life's too short. If we're going to die, I'm going to die. <laughs> Let's just enjoy it kind of thing. Sure. I have this thing where I don't let people, like, it's really bad, but I don't let people wallow or, like, be negative. Even though I read a book where I'm like, you're meant to let them be negative. Like, I've been through a few things in life where I'm just like, life's too short. Like, yes, that was really shit that, ha- that happened to you. Yeah. But, like, it's not the end of the world. So I think in the time I'd be like, you know, if people are panicking, look, it's not the end of the world. Maybe it could actually be, we could be visiting the end of the world. But I'd just be like, let's just enjoy it. And if we die, we die. Like, at least we've had a good time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, yeah it makes a certain... Get really <laughs> look at morale officer. I get really annoyed thinking, like, I'm actually, I want to go home. I didn't ask for this. I'm really upset. And I'm just like, you know what? You can't be sad. <laughs> Look, it's that kind of, yeah, I think those are actually practical skills. Plus, you know, you're, you're a classically trained actor. You could probably, you know, fake your way through situations. Maybe disguises will be one of your things, potentially. Oh, well, I think I'd just have more, more fun doing that. Because I'd be like, oh, cool, guys, we get to dress up when we get there as well. <laughs> okay. I get to try new accents and no one on the that's, that's bloody brilliant. Are you, do you think if you... Oh, okay, okay, here's a question. If you had your own TARDIS, so it's you, you're in charge now, where and when would you go and what would you do? I um, We get asked this question a lot and it does change the answer because sometimes I give an answer and I'll go, oh, after a while I'm like, that's not good enough that I can do more with that TARDIS. Right. And I'm going to settle on, I would go to the beginning of time um, and just clear up this whole debate about how we got here. And then I'm not sure I'd come back and tell people either. <laughs> Well, you couldn't monetize it because you couldn't prove it. I just it. let people go, yeah, true, but then I think it would just be nice that I know that, it, you know, it was the Big Bang, big bang Theory, you know, evolution did happen. And then when we're having, like, these heated debates, I could, like, reel off the information that I found look really intelligent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I could use it in my favor in that sense. I just don't think I need to stop in conversations with people, other people, and, you know, I don't want to ruin, like, religion or anything for anyone or science. Right. But I would look really intelligent and that's, that's, that's good enough for me. Right, so you would use a TARDIS to be, you'd quietly smug in the corner, basically. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, you know that works. Um, also, I just have one, uh, one or two final questions. I saw the other day that you were chatting with Courtney Act online about Doctor Who, and I'm a massive RuPaul's Drag Race fan. So, if we could pull some strings, how would you would you be up for a RuPaul's Drag Race Doctor Who crossover episode, and how do you think that would pan out? Absolutely. So, absolutely. So, I have to say that I didn't, I didn't watch it, all my friends did at the time, right. I knew who Courtney Acts were from social media and whatnot, mm. um, but I, I'm absolutely up for it, I'm sure Courtney Acts is completely up for it, she watched um, an episode the other day after we bumped into each other, um, so let's, let's uh, never say never on that one. Oh my god, who, who else in the TARDIS do you think would potentially <laughs> look good in drag, like which of the cast do you think has like a secret drag ability? Tosin. Really? I think he'd be really good in drag. Yeah, I don't think he'd be over the top. I think he would, like, struggle with it a little bit, but then I don't think he'd be really over the top. I think he'd be able to find a genuine uh, a genuine um, character. Would it be... Yeah, and would, we'd go with Tosin. Well, I mean, would, Brad would look great, but I think Tosin would 
rocket. You guys have access to a pretty insane wardrobe. I guess you could just sort of tap into what you've got over there. Would you go for? Do you think you go for like a historical uh, spin on drag or something contemporary? I think he'd go contemporary, quite flamboyant and quite um, bright and bold. Like he's actually genuinely very good at making characters up. Okay. So I know we all, everybody needs like a new drag name. So I just imagine that person would really, after being a little bit apprehensive, don't get me wrong. I think he'd be like, no, 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 it doesn't suit me. It's not my thing. I think he'd be brilliant. <laughs> now we just got to somehow wrangle a Great British Bake Off crossover and I think, I think we're sorted. <laughs> then, then that's it, your life's complete. Well, I just think Mary Berry would do very well on the TARDIS. I'm not, I know she's not in the show anymore, but I think she would do swimmingly on the TARDIS. Just her and Paul Hollywood pulling levers and screaming at each other. Like, I'd watch that. Oh, I think, I think that'd be great. And then that means that Brad would always get, like, Brad's character Graham would always get food. <laughs> and then we'd just be able to sit there and basically watch them two fight, you know, the console. Oh, God. We've got to get you guys into the tent. I think the crossover's going to go the other way. <laughs> hey, listen, Amanda, um, you've been an absolute bloody treasure. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, um, where your character goes for the rest of the season. But thank you so much for chatting. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. You too. See you later. And now it's time for Companion Piece. Look, when you're trying to come up with a companion to run alongside Tom Baker's curly-haired bohemian maniac of a doctor, who do you come up with? Who do you create? Well, writer Chris Boucher wrote a companion called Leela. How do you get that name, you might be asking? Well... Palestinian hijacker and member of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, Leela Khaled. She was the first woman to hijack a plane. This is insane. I only just learned about this. This is hardcore. So Leela, the companion, is named after the first woman to hijack a plane. Jesus Christ. You just couldn't do that these days. But, you know, that's Leela. She was the savage Conan-like descendant of a survey team who crash-landed on a planet. So generations later, the descendants of the survey team, have taken to call themselves the Sever Team. Um, it's cute. And uh, they're being schooled by a giant AI modelled after the Doctor. It's a, it's a whole thing. Anyway, the Sever Team, uh, basically, like, they're very savage. And Leela is... And she's kind of like a lady Tarzan. You know, she has zero impulse control. She's perpetually in hunt mode. So she's more than happy to, like, stab and kill and attack. And she uses highly poisonous Janus thorns and a blowpipe to incapacitate people. You know what? Maybe the name is kind of apt. Anyway, Leela had a really strong aesthetic. Also, she um, she mostly wore animal skins. And the fourth Doctor's time with her was him basically trying to give her the My Fair Lady treatment. Which didn't really, didn't really go all that well. Although, to be fair, Audrey Hepburn never tried to break anyone's neck during elocution lessons. Those would be execution lessons. Jesus, sorry. Leela is, I think... Um, She's, she's in one of the best stories in classic Doctor Who. It's called The Talons of Wang Chiang. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's incredible. In which uh, Leela and the Doctor head back to, you know, like Sherlock Holmes era London. And they have to solve a crime involving murderous pig homunculi. Again, it's just this whole thing. Which you absolutely must watch. Eventually, Leela met and fell in love with a native Gallifreyan. And she settled down on Gallifrey. How nice is that? And she got married. I mean, all of that happened off screen. But it's nice... That Leela got a true happy ending, you know? On the Doctor's homeworld, no less. If only Donna could have gotten that treatment. I'm still mad about that. Look, in the big Finnish audio plays, um, Leela ends up acting as Romana's bodyguard. Leela is... She's absolutely great. You know, she's robust and she's funny and she's charming and she's weird and she really, she really offsets the fourth Doctor's madness. And she'd fit 
really well into the new Doctor Who seasons. I still can't believe she's named after a Palestinian hijacker that is so metal. Regrettably, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Doctor Who. Thank you so much to Mandip Gill for having a chat about her role as Yaz on the new season of Doctor Who. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. This season is just rocking along. And um, this week's episode of Doctor Who proper, the fourth episode, the one with the spiders, the one with Mr. Big, is is really great. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Also, next week's guest is an absolute cracker. I'm not allowed to tell you who it is yet, but it's very, it's going to be very exciting. Every week, whenever I get, you know, whenever PR gets in touch and tells me who I'm going to be chatting with, I just, I, ha- I almost suffer total pituitary shutdown. I'm just so excited about this show and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Don't forget to head across uh, to iTunes if you haven't already and subscribe, uh, leave a rating and review. Tell people about the show. You know, share the love. Uh, In the meantime though, see you all next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.